We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. What we do not do is spy unlawfully on Americans. We are leaving in 2014, period. Ladies and gentlemen, we got them. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. You are listening to Biting the Bullet with Luke and Typo. Welcome, everybody. We are back at Biting the Bullet. We took a long extended break over the holidays. Hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Still been doing five till midnight. Typo was on there this last week. I'll be on there this week. Go check out five till midnight on YouTube. Search it, like it. It helps us out. Um, the full show is going to be like, we're still doing our like intro shows. We're trying to figure out what we like to do, what we don't like to do, all that fun stuff. It's been really fucking funny, to be honest. It's been a fun show to do. Um, but uh, the full show in, in itself and all of its madness and glory is uh, going to be coming out here <clears throat> here in the next coming couple months excuse me uh but it's uh but we still do it every night mondays on uh 8 p.m eastern it's a lot of fucking fun so go like that on youtube we'll see how long we last there uh i'm pretty sure we're trying to get on rumble and some of the other ones but um we already got one strike and we're not even 10 episodes in and think well yeah i mean at least it was just a copyright strike but uh you know, yeah. whatever, whatever, you know, fuck copyright. I I feel like we did like somehow have gotten away with a few things on that show that once, once like, it's kind of weird because our show, you know, once you start getting strikes, especially about like political stuff, like the election or COVID or whatever, then I feel like you're on like thin ice that they'll just hit you with anything. But yeah. with that, with that show, you know, we probably talk about some stuff that we I don't know if they found it on if they watched YouTubers like the YouTube people watched it they probably would try to take it down or give us yeah we have to we have to use a lot of <laughs> allegory in that show like we have to like yeah. kind of make say what we're talking about and make it obvious what we're talking about but without actually saying what we're talking about it's very yeah. difficult for my little brain yeah it's like you don't want to trigger it's basically we're trying to not trigger the algorithm. Like we're doing the best we can to not like, <laughs> piss off the, the Lord and Savior algorithm of YouTube that will fucking yeah. destroy your entire soul because you, you know, say don't get the shot or something. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's intense. <laughs> it's intense. We we've got code words for a lot of shit. Um, and I like our code code words. They're fucking great. Decepticon is one of my favorites. I use it I all know, the time good, now in regular yeah. language. Um the uh we're we still got to figure out one for the uh the austrian painter it sounds too yeah. cool to be just the painter because yeah. he's kind of a he's he's kind of a you know chud like he's just like not as cool as everybody makes him out to be <laughs> uh yeah i don't really know a good nickname you can't do like, like mustache man is too like it's too long you need something it, like h yeah h man yeah is too, like h man's too uh <clears throat> on point you know like everyone kind of yeah yeah, yeah yeah 
You got to yeah. do something that's more cozy. Like the painter, if he was cooler, the painter. Like that's badass because Wait, didn't it just guys, sounds. Uh, it was an episode I wasn't there, but didn't you like look at his artwork? <laughs> I think the, uh, we didn't end up actually looking at his artwork. Well, maybe oh. we did. And maybe we did, and I didn't even realize we were looking at his artwork because it was the one that you showed up. <laughs> maybe that's why I missed the whole thing because he was showing artwork. Sam was showing artwork, but I, I don't, yeah. I don't remember now if it was like yeah, they his were artwork or it was all painted by Hitler. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't even, I didn't even get the joke. I didn't even get the, I, the whole first twenty minutes of the episode. I had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> oh that's so, so funny dude we got to figure out a better name that's like cool for the the painter but not as cool as the painter because for what he did and everything horrible you yeah, know yeah, but yeah. the painter just doesn't the painter sounds like fucking ben affleck when he's being the accountant you know and that's just oh, not yeah, what he's like a badass assassin dude yeah like an autistic assassin and he, he, he actually likes to paint but he's like you know, genociding the Jews, but is it? It's not. It's just not as cool because he made everybody else do the work. So I don't know. We yeah. got to figure out a name for him. We got a lot of code words in that bitch because we have to. Yeah. Or the and, YouTube and algorithm we gets better us. than the Jays too. We can't just be like yeah. the Jays. That's too obvious as well. Yeah, it's too obvious. So we, uh, you know, so, we're we're so working funny. through it. We got to figure out ways to secretly talk about Hitler and secretly talk about the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got <laughs> either side. We got to like, we got to make a code for it. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I think uh, it's a fun show. You guys will like it if you like our show. So, uh, you know, go check it out on YouTube. I think it's up on everything else. I don't know what Sam's doing with that. Um, the co-hosts are dope and uh, we're funny. You know, it's a funny show. It's supposed to be funny. It's all comedy. Um, we make we make a lot of really bad jokes in there, though. A lot of really bad yeah. jokes that, you know, yeah, go that we do here. Yeah. We do the same thing here, but there's, you know, compounded with three other people um, and it's live. So. Yeah, you say some it. fucked up shit live. Like you can't take so, it back. <laughs> yeah, and and we, Adam's a full time comedian, so he's really funny. He knows how to do mm -hmm. this stuff. And Sam's our know. resident liberal, and then Kyle's our resident Jew hater. You know, it's like we got we got the yeah, whole got crew together. And he's like a, together. And he's a woman hater too. Was, yeah, apparently he's been accused. He's been accused of it by the yeah. conservative Latinas or I don't even know who they were. <laughs> yeah, I was I I was in on that too. They deserved it. They deserved to be uh shitted on uh the conservative yeah. Latinas in Miami. I don't know what yeah, that was all been, about. <laughs> yeah, there's been like uh I don't know, kind of like an exposure of Con Inc. on social media lately, where what I mean by that is like like, I think everyone is starting really to notice the difference between, like, you know, conservative ink and, like, real dissident thinkers. Conservatives, you know, maybe not, yeah. Maybe not, like, right, maybe not have to be right-wingers, really, I guess, mainly right-wingers. But, like, you know, like, the Daily Wire and Blaze. Yeah. What's, and, what's actually alternative media and what's actually yeah. not alternative media? Like, 
what's the alternative media that is allowed to be big and what's the alternative media that's not allowed to be big and then what's the mainstream and how close are the mainstream and the ones that are big that are allowed to be big and what's the what's the opinions of the ones that are like legitimate alternative media there's actually you're right there has been a lot of talk about it because i've seen it more and more where it's like <clears throat> i think it was mark uh mark claire he's been talking about it a lot where he's like you have oh. to assume everything is an op like it's a psyop like everything's a psyop like even the conservative people that you want to follow that are dissident from the mainstream not the mainstream conservatives, but just the mainstream in general, you got to think that they're being shown to you for a reason. Yeah. Like that's how he like, I, I I'll, I'll see if I can find that clip, but it was really interesting. And I was like, Damn. yeah, uh, it's kind of how we, it's kind of how we feel. Like I say it all the time where I'm like, Ugh, I love that. Like, this is getting a lot of publicity right now, but at yeah. the same time, why is it getting publicity? Yeah. Right yeah. Well, I think a really good example of that would be like Tucker Carlson. Now I'll say, right. I really, I like a lot of things that Tucker Carlson talks about. I think he's, you know, one of the better, more, I guess, right wing nowadays shows or guys. I like him, but like, let's just be honest. Like, you know, at one point in time, he is His father worked in the CIA. Like he talks about, like right. that is a truth. Uh, Tucker Carlson tried to get in the CIA, but he, I think he said was denied or didn't pass a test or something. So, you know, then all of a sudden he, like as a 20 year old, like 24, 25 year old, whatever it was, he's in the news all the time, you know, all the time. And everyone, everyone knows, if you don't know this, the CIA and the corporate media uh, have been uh, were bonded, you know, they, they, they basically, the CIA was pushing their people into the media, kind of force a narrative that they that they wanted. And Tucker Carlson was kind of, I'm not saying he was directly part of that. I'm not saying that he's, you know, a, right. a, a spook. I'm not saying that. I don't know. I'm just saying that there is some weird things that's happened around Tucker Carlson that should make you skeptical. Now, Absolutely. That's all I say. And like I think that yeah. kind of goes with what Mark Claire said is like everything could be a psyop. You gotta keep your eyes open and, and ears. Like I don't know. I don't know. You know, I like Tucker Carlson. I like a lot of the things he talks about. I'm, maybe I'm a little biased for him, but at the same time, he's got a, a weird background. Just a weird background. <laughs> exactly. Um, I found that Mark Claire clip. I'm gonna play it real quick. Because it, it kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today, which is like the legacy media and what's being shown and what's not being shown. And Here we go. I thought it, you kind of go through a midway phase where you, you kind of know. I, I'd say that's what like the alternative media. That's when you first dive into like the truth or sphere and the alternative media. You're like, oh, no, I'm a smart mark now. Uh, I get it now. Now now I'm on the inside. But the truth is, no, now you're just being worked by the dirt sheet writers. <laughs> so now that's the only difference with a lot of alternative media. You think you're smart now because so you're, you're listening to the truthers, but you're just being worked by different people now. So that, that's the same thing. So that's, that's all I would say is to try to just be more discerning going forward and try to realize that you're always being worked. And then it, yeah, you know, he's right. It. He's like, you're all, you're yeah. always being, you're always being worked and you have to realize that you're always being worked. So you just have to, you know, take what you can and move from there, you know, make your moves from there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, after that, um, like what Mark Claire was saying, and I think he's right. And I think you're right. When like everyone's using 
you, you know, like everyone's trying to push their own narrative. And, you know, some people, I think we, uh, we just cut out for a second. We were having connection issues, but we were talking about like uh, the propaganda thing and people would debate about like, you know, shouldn't you just push your own propaganda? Oh, great. Now the dogs you <laughs> push your own propaganda on other people. Or should you like only look for the truth? And we were kind of talking, I brought up the example of like some people might exaggerate the criticisms of like a vaccine or something. Right. We might like that or we might think that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to be the one to jump in and like be like, well, actually, that's not that's overstating your case because it's kind of against, you know, they're going against what I believe, you know. Right. I I don't know if that makes sense. No, you're like that fine line. You know, that's why, you know, like I, uh, I also have a problem sometimes where I'm like, I, I think I've always had a healthy, like uh, aversion, you know, like I, I try to miss it where it's like, I try not to say things that are just like, where I haven't verified the things that I'm talking about, you know, like truthfully verified them, not just like, oh, this person mm-hmm. says it or this person said it. So I fucking believe it. It's more like, uh, but I do like, there's definitely times where I like, I'll say something and it may not be entirely correct there's a portion of it that's the truth and it's something that i thought was correct but when you actually dive into it it's like oh well you know these are this is one portion of the truth and what i thought the backing for this truth is isn't quite correct there's other factors there Mm -hmm. i you know i i went i went uh to uh, Nashville with my parents, my girlfriend, <clears throat> we all had like a trip for, it was like a 30th birthday Christmas present for me. And we were the, the first night, I think it was the first night we were sitting there. We were at like one of the, the hotel bar and we were sitting there talking. I like talking politics with my parents. Cause we both have similar ideas on how you should treat people, you know, like, well, not similar. We're very correct. Like we're very um, parallel when it comes to like how you should treat people. I mean, I got a lot of how I treat people from them, you know, and there's other things that I've learned along the way where I may not, they're very understanding people, like, you know, like they're very understanding. They're very loving people. They always go out of their way to try and be as like respectful as possible to people. And, you know, and probably the things that I've learned is that there's times to be, and there's times not to be, but the majority of the time is to, to be that way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I kind of have like a turnoff switch, I guess, that I've learned over my years. And, uh, you know, and I think, I think my parents, they are so like, um, about like just always doing it. And it, you, we're strong enough that we can take the, the bullshit that they throw at us. So we'll just let them throw the bullshit unless, instead of us throwing the bullshit, we'll just let them, you know, kind of thing. And, um, and that's an awesome way to be. But I, I love talking politics with them because we can agree on that portion, like how to treat human beings and stuff. But when it comes mm-hmm. to politics, there's just like a lot of things that we disagree on. Like there's just a lot sure, that yeah. we disagree on. And at the same in the same token, there's a lot that we do agree on. Um, like it's not it's not like just like we're complete polar opposites. I'm pretty jaded, I think, in my political viewings, you know, like I feel like I'm pretty jaded when it comes to looking at the policy, the theater of policy and politics as a whole. Like I, I, yeah. I, I am like, that's just you how it, it is. 
you probably look at it much more in a cynical angle than they do. Very cynical. Yeah. And and they look at it cynically, but from a completely different perspective. You know, they look at it cynically from a perspective that they've lived in, you know, like that they've sure. experienced through their lives. And for me, it's like, well, I'm doing the same thing. And I think, in my opinion, and this isn't doesn't say that it's true. I think, in my opinion, I do it better because I've seen what they've gone through in their lives through their specific uh, and not their whole lives obviously just from what i've come to understand from when i've been alive and been around them is like i've seen it from their perspective and i feel like i have enough empathy to put myself in that in those shoes without actually being able to and not completely but just in a general sense and uh and so we argue about things you know it's fun but we were arguing yeah. about um we were arguing about the housing market and I'm like, yo, the house, like my, my stepmom yeah. and I, we always argue about the housing market. And I was like, I, she's like, like I don't the think current it's one? Like yeah, the the current housing market, market. Like today. Yeah, okay, like okay. today. And I was like, it's, she was like, they keep telling us it's gonna, or there's a lot of people that keep saying that it's going to fall. She's like, I just don't see it falling. Like there's no way it falls. Like there's no way it goes back uh, down. There's not enough. <laughs> she's like, there's not enough houses on the market for it to drop and i understand that position i do i completely understand that position because sure there isn't enough houses currently for you know how we talk about market corrections and things like that um people are still buying houses at these ridiculous prices that they're at right and while defaults and foreclosures are getting higher they're not getting to the point where there's all of a sudden going to be a shit ton of houses on the market um, to beef up the supply more than the demand. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I disagreed with her. I disagree with you. I was like, I disagree with you. And I was like, the average house price right now in the United States is, you know, fucking $450,000. Like that's the average house cost. And she's like, well, it's gone down. It's like, you know, 350 and it's going to keep going down a little bit. And I was like, I was like, that's not like in my head. I'm like, that's not fucking true. Like, I'm like yelling in my head. Yeah. And I was like, I know it's not true. I just looked it up. And so, uh, but I didn't have the number and I wasn't going to get out my phone right there and like, be like, no, see, I told you so. Like, it's just back dumb you know, at that point. Yeah, dude, you don't yeah back check it. Back checker. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so uh, it was just funny. I just remember this point in the trip where we were, we were talking about it. And literally right afterwards, uh, like when we were going to sleep and stuff, I was like, in my in the bed and I, my girlfriend's like what are you doing and i was like i know i would fucking write on this and i felt you know because it's your parents and my parents are they're very intelligent people and so like i and it's especially winter when it comes to or my stepmom when it comes to things like this like she's a very intelligent person about it and so mm -hmm. like i was like am i wrong did i did I fucking not see the whole picture on this? So I'm like, I'm looking up, I'm telling my girlfriend, I'm, I'm looking up what the average house price cost is right now. And I like search it. And I'm like, it, it was 430 or 440 or something like that. And I was like, see, yeah. I was fucking right. I was fucking right. I got lit <laughs> in the bed. And, uh, but you know, like right there. And I think I said something else right after the reason why I brought it up was because I said something else right afterwards. And as I was saying it, I was like, I don't know if this is true. I read this. I don't know if it's true. And mm -hmm. I said it and I was like, that was dumb. Like in my head, while I'm saying all this shit, I'm like, that was dumb. Why did you say that? Like, you don't know, even know if that's true, but I wanted to prove my point. And I just felt like I was 
like, you know, my original fact that was true and verified was demeaned and put away, you know? So I was like, I'm going to say this because they're not understanding the gravity of the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, that's, that's how it goes. That's what, that's what happens in arguments, especially, uh, you know, when you're trying to make a point and especially if you don't, if you can't verify things as you're saying them, or if you're trying to prove a certain purview so that people can understand it from the length that you're going from, you know what I mean? And I think that's what we see in alternative media. You have a lot of people that are trying to prove a point that they're not necessarily grasping the reason for why that specific fact that they're using to prove their point, why that is happening. You know what I mean? It's like, they're like using this fucking blurb. They're shoving it in your face. Like, Hey, this is what's happening. And then, Mm -hmm. and this proves that I'm right about all this stuff. And then when you look at the facts that prove that fact, it's a completely different like perspective. It doesn't prove the the point, the overall arching point that that person's trying to make. Yeah, I have a big problem where like I'll read something or watch something or listen to it on a podcast or an audiobook, but when it comes up in conversation or maybe a little dispute over whatever we're talking about, I'll be like. I don't remember where I heard this. <laughs> I don't I know, don't know how this, to search this. <laughs> I don't know where it, this came from, but I'm pretty sure this is the truth. And I'll start talking about something and people are like, where did you hear that? And I'm like, I don't remember. I, I, don't, <laughs> I just know I've heard that before. But I can't verify literally anything that I just told you. <laughs> I know. That's why the problem with podcasts is like I need to fucking I almost need to take notes while I'm listening to a podcast that's like talking about specific things because I'm like, I need to go yeah. and verify that myself, you know. But I'm usually yeah. listening to a podcast in the fucking car. Like I'm not gonna yep. sit there and have my little notepad out and fucking write it down as I'm going. So, you know, like that's like That's the one problem is I do the same thing where I'm like, I've heard this before and I don't remember where I heard it, but I Mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, like, or I was like, that's, that's a really good point. And I need to look more into that. And then I forget it instantly when the podcast is over. Yep. Yeah. Or like 10 minutes later in the podcast, you're like, oh, I got to go back and think about that. Oh, now they're talking about something completely different and I'm fixated on that. Yeah. Yeah. I do that. I do that all the time because. There's like, especially with like historical stuff like that. I like from books I've read. I'm like, I've read like three books about the Soviet Union. I don't know which one this came from, but here's a fact about the Soviet Union. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard to put it. I like the people that can call out. Like I'm, I have a pretty good memory now. Like if you ask me shit from like my high school years, fuck, dude, too many concussions. It's there's yeah. there's there's a there's a dude that's at my work now that's dating a girl that went to my high school, apparently. And she remembers me and I have no recollection, never heard the name in my life. I don't think no idea who this person is. And, but they like set a specific story or something like that um, where they saw me do this. And I was like, I kind of remember doing that, but no recollection of that person or who was there 
or like a zero but now yeah. like you know like my my memory now from you know the last fucking i don't know seven eight years pretty good haven't had a concussion in a while too you know like my brain's like oh thank god you haven't fucking rattled the shit out of me in a while you know yeah but everything yeah, yeah, yeah. like like the last concussion i had was in the military everything before that concussion and you know the concussions consecutively throughout high school and one or two before high school fuck dude like if you ask me specific questions there's only large blurbs of my life that i'm like i can tell you for a fact that this happened i can tell yeah. you for a fact that that happened you ask me names of specific people especially if they weren't like in my immediate area every day fuck good luck buddy because i'm not gonna remember that shit yeah, dude, I do not have like a photographic memory. I mix my stories probably with my friends' stories and believe yep. they're my own stories. I fucking like something that happened in school. I like I today I probably believe it happened to me, but what really happened was it happened to like someone right next to me and I just yeah. remember it as it happening to me or something. Like, yeah. like I mix things up all the time. And then what's the most annoying too is I'll start like telling a story. And then as I'm telling it, I remember other parts of the story. I'm like, oh, I have to go yeah. back. I had to go back yeah. <laughs> and tell you more. I had to, I actually should, I started in the middle. I should have started at the beginning and I, but I didn't remember the beginning, you know? <laughs> Until I said the middle. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm the worst dude. And I don't, I hate taking notes, which I probably should, should want to take more notes yeah. because I have a bad memory. But I, I think the only podcast notes. I've taken notes on was when uh, Mr. Sue was on our podcast and I'm looking at the notes right now. Almost none of them make sense. It's just words, <laughs> just fucking words, words together with quotation marks and parentheses and little Dude, arrows that, going to other words. <laughs> that is me. When I was, I was in welding school and like we, the teacher was like, you have to take, he would tell us like, take notes at this part or you don't need to yeah, take yeah. notes here, whatever. And I would like, you know, like he was like, okay, we have a test on whatever this Friday. And I would like look at my notes and I'm like, dude, what retard wrote this? This literally <laughs> makes no sense. Like I, I, this is actually hurting me in this class. Like how I take <laughs> notes. Like it makes no sense right now. And I, I, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they never taught me how to take notes or whatever, but I'm not that good at it. Like I have, I try to write down like keywords and phrases and yeah. stuff. And, and, but I think I forget the context too quickly. So if I don't like look at the notes over again, after, like really recent after I take them for whatever I'm yeah. taking them for, if I wait a week and come it's back done. to them, I'm like, I don't know what any of this, what is this? I have, what is this? I have, mean? <laughs> I have one on here. It says I have two on here that are really fucking me up right now. But one on here just says oil demand question mark. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's why like and Bill like, was on. What? And I don't even what? know what questions to ask him. Because it was too yeah. big brain stuff, dude. He was like, we you know, we focused on like ge like politics of like mainly like America and like the corruption yeah. of like America. And we understand like but but he's talking like bigger players than the American politician, than the American like the CEOs. Like these are the players above them, the real yeah. grandmasters of like the players of the world, you know? And I'm just like, 
what like what i can't keep up dude and like it was really interesting we should probably get him back on and talk about it more and but i gotta figure out my notes first (laughs) yeah i i don't even know like the thing is i don't even know where to begin with him like where you start like i need a starting point i'm a basic motherfucker and i'm probably gonna ask you some dumb fucking questions along like wait wait wait. you think the british are in charge like what what are you talking about (laughs) you know like you're fucking blowing my mind here this other one cracks me up and i feel like i remember and if i listen to the podcast i'll know exactly when i took the note but um this one's just why did kill the commies question mark and then with a little arrow it says ended central bank <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck so, does that mean <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know i was tr- writing too fast i probably missed a word in there why did kill the commies like that makes no sense but you know like that's just i don't know that's how my that's brain worked that day i was like too much information but it, it's just one of those you know we were I guess getting back more into the media thing where it's like, you know, people are always trying to curve their point to fit their narrative. Right. I mean, we do it like this is, this is an opinion based show. Most of our stuff is for fun and joking and to bitch and hang out with my fucking buddy, you know, like that's, that's what this show is. And I think that's why a lot of people enjoy it, but like, you have to realize that a lot of these people, especially once they start getting bigger, they have a, they have a incentive to give you things that you want to hear. You know what I mean? Like they, they have the incentive to, because Mm -hmm. it makes, especially if they're doing it, like if they're gaining some monetary, you know, value out of it, like they, they have the incentive to keep feeding you the same shit. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's obviously like how the world works, but I mean, that's why I push back a lot of times on the show on a lot of things about like the the LGBT community. Like I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with the mainstream libertarian or conservative idea on these things. Like I don't necessarily agree with those. A lot of people don't like that. But I think a lot of people feel it's refreshing to at least hear somebody sit there and, you know, kind of actualize it to a different standard than what it's being actualized on the daily basis towards everybody else even if they don't agree with me and i mean you do it on on things where i'm like very against the conservative party or the not the conservative party but the conservatives you're like well i think you're missing the point of what they're actually trying to say and i i i think that's good that we we have that but i just want everybody to know that they're people are pushing shit and we do too and i'm not saying that we're doing it in a i'm not saying everybody's doing it in a nefarious way i just think that you know you have to be you have to get god you have to get them more than you get got you know what i mean like you have to fucking understand you have to understand that there's always a narrative that's being pushed yeah i think like a big thing to recognize is like always be skeptical of people that kind of just go along with the narrative. And that's those are the people that you really have to worry about. When they're constantly along with the narrative and they never push back, it's like that's clear. Yeah. Or if you never expect like, you know, if like like Dan like Dan Bonagino, like one of the biggest political right-wing commentators, right? But you know what he's going to say. Like some yeah. generic constitutional right-wing you know his stance on abortion. You know his stance on the wars. You know his stance on, Fuck like, the police. 
Like all, you know, his stance on all this stuff. Like, you know, he, he's a typical like conservative talking point. And, and like, that's like, uh, to me, that's boring. That's just yeah. like, I want, I like, you know, I, I don't even want someone that always says something I agree with. That would be boring too, but I would just want something that's like a different take, you know? And when you yeah. watch, like, watch like a different someone... level of understanding of what you're talking about. Yeah. And like, you know, that's why I like, you know, like something about, uh, you know, like I think Pete would be a good example of this where, you know, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of things that, that Pete's opinions have changed a lot. He's, yeah. he's different. He considers himself different. But, you know, honestly, you know, he changed his opinion, went a different direction with this political thing. And I think he I think he believes what he's saying. And the reason I think yeah. that is because he lost like 30 percent of his viewers by changing his views. It would have yeah. been much easier for him to just stay on this libertarian path, you know, talk about anarchy and all this other stuff that he that he would talk about before. And it would have been more comfortable for him. But he took a financial hit and changed his opinion. Now, I look for that type of thing in like other pot, like bigger shows too. So yeah. someone that is willing to piss off their own audience to tell their audience something <clears throat> they don't want to hear. That is what I really like about you know, big or you know like in commentators. Yeah. You know who I think had a, who did that? I think Candace Owens did that. And I'm not a big Candace yeah. Owens fan. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I think she did that. I think she did that with the whole Ben Shapiro thing. And I haven't heard much from her since. I mean, she was like nine months fucking pregnant when she was doing that. So mm -hmm. probably had her kid or something at this point. But regardless, like I, I look, I do too. I look for that. Like, are you willing to take a stand against the, the people that you've been around for a while? And like, you can, can you, can you honestly sit there and say, and like say the things that you truthfully believe, even if the people that, pay your fucking mortgage disagree with you like is that are you willing to take that stand and if you do what are you saying and then i pay attention to what they're saying are they just saying it to say it or are they you know actually are, are they actually trying to be honest in what their true beliefs are and it's not the same milk toast opinion you know what i mean yeah yeah i think Candace Owens a perfect example because you know, she works for the Daily Wire. So she was very critical of like Israel policy and Ben Shapiro. I mean, she brought on Norman Finkelstein on her podcast as her last guest before she went off on her like maternity leave or whatever yeah. when she had her kid. And Norman Finkelstein's this Jewish guy that's pretty much spent like 40 years of his life being massively critical of Israel. Just massively yeah, critical. Just, that's his, yeah. yeah, that's his whole shtick is he's for Palestine against it. Yeah, that was pretty and based. That was pretty based to do. <laughs> yeah, that's like a big deal. Like that was a big deal. Like uh I mean your boss is literally a Zionist Jew. Like you're like you know like yeah. it's it's like you know if you're you know if our, if we had a boss and they were I don't know a big catholic and we're having satanists yeah. on our podcast like that would be like a big like holy shit like that's right. the and, exact and opposite. You know what? I think that that goes to show, like, not saying that I like him, but Ben Shapiro allowed it. That's true. That's what's true. the narrative there? What What does that mean? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? If that's okay, if he if he allowed it on his, it's his fucking company. You know, like that's that's like his baby. Like if he can allow that, 
what does that mean? And it's like, it's not so much like uh, there's a nefariousness there. It's just like, you got to pay attention to weird things like that. I just, I just think so. Um, yeah, I got to, yeah, I was just saying, I got a clip from Biden that I wanted to bring up and a couple more clips that I wanted to fucking play before we uh, jump out of here. And we're still talking about the legacy. It's still like on the legacy media thing. We, I want to talk about Pat McAfee too. So here we go. Pro-insurrectionist and pro-American. And yet Trump and his MAGA supporters not only embrace political violence, but they laugh about it. At his rally, he jokes about an intruder whipped up by the big Trump lie, taking a hammer to Paul Pelosi's skull and echoing the very same words used on January 6th. Where's Nancy? And he thinks that's funny. He laughed about it. What a sick... <laughs> My God. I think it's despicable, seriously. Not just for a president, for any person to say that. But to say it to the whole world listening, when I was overseas, anyway. Uh, it, it can't be, you can't be pro-insurrectionist and pro-America. And, and so, like, that's, like, the big headline that he, that's, like, the big thing that people are touting right now on uh, the legacy media. It's, like, Biden saying this. And I, I don't remember, was it his State of the Union or just, like, a national address? I don't I don't even know what it was. I haven't paid attention to, like, you know, his, when he does go out and talk, like, it's usually, I mean, you can barely hear him say that because he stumbled and slurred the words all the way through. But, um, you know, when I was watching that, it's like we, we've talked about this before, especially early on when Trump was president and things like that. It's like, do you want a president to say things like, you know, tout the phrase like, where's Nancy? Because, you know, you know, Paul Pelosi got hammered in the head by his gay lover or whatever. You know, like, do you want a president to say those things? Ness normally? No, no, I don't. No, I don't like if I was to be honest and this was like a true democracy and things like that. And like, you know, it was how the founding father, we were more straight and narrow to how the founding fathers wrote the constitution and you know, whatever. Uh, no, no, I don't like, I, I, I want a professional to be in the office, but at this point in time, I don't care. And I think that's the, the problem that the legacy media doesn't get is like in that same speech, he goes on to say, uh, stuff about MAGA and like MAGA Trump's MAGA supporters and Trump and his MAGA supporters are um they're banes of our like fucking existence you know they're the dregs of society and it's like wow that's a bold move cotton like let's see how that works out and it's like the these people while they're playing into their base you know while biden's playing into his base whoever wrote that speech for him because you know he can't fucking do it himself <laughs> yeah whoever whoever wrote that speech for him is like we need to play hardcore into this maga versus the rest of the united states because in their heads it's like maga's small like we have to burn them out through showing how horrible they are as a society and it's like or as a culture, like the MAGA culture. And it's like, bruh, like you realize Trump was one of the most voted people to become president. Like the most, before Biden, the most people ever voted for a president yeah. was Trump. Like 
these people aren't just like, and to be quite honest, Biden's presidency hasn't gone that well. Like it just hasn't. It just hasn't. No matter which way you shake it. So you're going to call 50% of the United States that maybe not 50%, but there's a high portion of the conservative. At least people. 75 million people that voted for him or MAGA, yeah. right? Yeah. And like, let's say he lost some, like, sure. let's say he lost fucking 10% or some shit like that. Um, you're calling 60 million people, 65 million people dregs of society. It, it just doesn't work well in your favor, my dude. Like it just doesn't, it yeah. doesn't work well in the favor. And if you really want to unite a country, if that's truly your purpose, you gotta understand the other side. And these people don't regardless if you're, if, if you're a Trumpy, whatever, or you're a Bidenite, you got to understand the other side to know the words to say to unite a country. But these people, and this is, I say all this to get to the main fucking point of this, and it's, they're not trying to unite a country, no matter how many times they say it, whether it's Trump or Biden or fucking uh, George W. or Bill Clinton or fucking whoever it is. Obama, like it doesn't matter. None of them are trying to unite the country. There's no uniting of the country in any of these people's slogans. There's no uniting of the country in any of these people's speeches. It's literally, let me say the things that could get me elected. That's what it is. And it always mm -hmm. has been. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty it's pretty crazy to watch the president just straight up demonize American voters for how they vote yeah. and sort of bring it, trying to bring them back in the fold. And I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it not too long ago, but didn't he come out with like a campaign video? And I'm pretty sure it was all about January 6th. Like, yeah, um, I think they, de they did a big one. Yeah, demonizing Trump, his voters people what the what the people did on january 6th you know insurrect insurrectionists they make it seem and stuff and it's like so and like that's similar to what he did in 2020 i guess or whatever where his his campaign video was literally about charlottesville and it's yeah. just funny that like charlottesville happened in like 2017 and january 4th happened in 20 21 the beginning of 2021 like and so biden is literally critical like both times have been critical about something something that happened that is not even that really that big of a deal especially the charlottesville was not nearly even as big of a deal i mean i know one person died which is sad but let's let's not act like it was like the KKK was about to take over America. Like it was not yeah. like that at all. That's, that's I mean, the problem, right? They, it may, they make it, it's like, was it a fucking neo-Nazi rally? Maybe fucking sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the middle of a fucking major city in the United States, fucking crazy. In my opinion, that's weird. It's wild that that's a thing. It's wild that, you know, it happens, but it's not like they're fucking winning. Yeah, Exactly. It's not like they have any power. They have no no political control over anything. They, you know, like it, it, it's it's insane that they try to demonize 
I guess the rights extreme side as like this terrorist cell that's going to take over America was just not, it's just not viable. It's just, not. it's just not happening. And the same thing, but, and it goes to show that like, there's nothing that Biden can really talk about in his camp or his presidency that he can push as like, look what I did, you know, look yeah. what I, look what I accomplished for you. This is why you have to vote for me. It's just the same tactic that he pulled in 2020 where it's like, I'm just going to demonize Trump. So I make myself look better and hopefully, right. and then probably the media will help him. The justice department will help him. Uh, yep. The, all, all these people will go after him. And, and that's why I think, now I don't know. I don't know who's going to win in this election year. I know it's probably going to be crazy. Um, it's going to be wild. Uh, we're at I'm the beginning gonna, of 24, Typo. We're at the beginning know, of 2024. Dude. The last presidential election cycle, uh, two months from now, this country got shut the fuck down. So I don't know what's going to happen, dude, but it makes me a little nervous and a little excited. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm going to move on to, I, I want to kind of want to talk about uh, Rivik or Vivek at the end of this, but uh, I'm going to move on to the other side of it. So we talked about legacy media from the political standpoint, and now we get, uh, you know, a little bit of legacy media from, or alternative media talking about legacy media and things like that from the, I guess the more, um, what's it, what the, the entertainment industry. Yeah. Yeah. The entertainment industry. Cat Williams has been, super big right now over you know what and he said he went on shannon sharp's podcast it's crazy how big like these podcasts are getting with everybody having one now um but uh yeah this was this was interesting the whole cat williams thing and we could talk about it a little bit we talked about it a little bit before the cat williams thing is pretty crazy but this this clip was um one of the biggest ones that was liked it's about two minutes so here we go you know what the number one job of somebody that sold their soul in Hollywood is? What? Is to act like it didn't happen. They all do the same job. Why do you think Gary Owen can't cross over and he already white and been in comedy for 25 years? If what I say ain't the case. It's a cabal. It's a, it's a consortium. They, they rock with who they rock with. They don't with who they don't. But I'm not scared of being the competition any more than you were when you lined up uh, uh, across from a superior team. Yeah, on paper, they're a better team. Right. They have all the assets and resources and we don't. But let us get on the line, boy, boy, and see if that factors in. I, I guarantee you it won't. Wow. Because Shannon Sharp got to be a different person than that other person. Absolutely. And he always was. That doesn't change when I change teams. That remains the same. That's how a legacy is built. So all of these shortcut takers, I, I was, they canceled me for talking about Harvey Weinstein before the thing came out, but he offered to suck my in front of all my people at my agency. What am I supposed to do? He did all of that. I'm thinking I'm the only black person on the script. I get there. There's three other black guys on there. Woo. Huh. So you wonder what they did to get <laughs> I told him no. What y'all do? <laughs> <laughs> and this is why when I walk in a room, heads go down. Behind my back, I'm nothing. I'm just a regular old comedian that's bitter and jealous. But in my face, no, no, no. 
The king has walked in and they have to respect it only because I've not taken the shortcuts. I've not been funded. They pay you to not talk about things they don't want you to talk about. You know what the number. So it's pretty, pretty wild from Cat Williams. And that's probably one of the most coherent parts of this fucking. Yeah. Interview, yeah. To be quite honest. Um, I, I like Cat Williams. Fucking phenomenal comedian. Great comedian. And he's always done things his own way. And that's something that you can always appreciate. There's some about Cat Williams to me that it, it there's just like a, ugh. like there's something about him that just makes some things feel off. And it's not that he's bitter and jealous. I think he should be bitter and jealous to be quite honest. He's been fucking ran out of, it's kind of like uh, Dave Chappelle. They've been ran out of their fucking towns constantly. You know, yeah. they've been, they've been fucked over constantly. Um, but what he's saying is like, you know, he, he did, he had a whole thing on Harvey Weinstein before, um, it, be, it came out. He's done, he's done a shit ton of stuff before it came out. And he had a whole segment during that Cat Williams or during that interview where he talks about how many black men they put in dresses and how, uh, T.I. got a $200 million deal when they were both offered it. And he was like, I'm not taking that shit because you're going to make me do shit that I don't want to. And it's like, uh, there's been people throughout Hollywood that have said very similar things or the exact same thing for a while now. There's for a while now. There's two, two sides of that coin, right? They're saying the same thing. So it's easily repeatable. You know, it's easy to figure out what everybody else has said about it. If you're being a snubbed actor, actress, comedian, singer, songwriter, whatever, you can be like, oh, it's because I didn't sell my soul. You know, like it, you got two sides of it, right? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you know, repeat everything else that everybody else has said. Like I'm a, I'm a genius and they won't let me do it because I didn't suck their dick in front of a whole room and I wouldn't take their $200 million. I wouldn't wear the dress. And there's the side of it where where's the truth in that? Like there, there might be some truth in that. If multiple people are saying that how many times have these people, like we know that there's a sexual ring inside Hollywood and the entertainment industry and the political class. There's been, it's been proven. Look at everything that's coming out. Like finally, everybody's like, Oh, the list has been published. It's not like particularly the list. It's just people that have, you know, was in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Um, but anyways, like, you know, like there, there's shit that's, there's, there's some truth to it. So like trying to discern the truth from the static is difficult. Right. And it's like, how, how many times is, you know, things like that have happened and what's not just repeatable and what's actually like truth. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of the criticism was mainly, toward like people that would just go along to get along they just did whatever yeah. they could to um they bowed down to whatever took the knee to whatever did whatever they whatever they were told to for money fame riches promises in the industry and yeah. i think that's you know i think that's what cat williams is exactly calling out mainly and i think there's a lot of comedians that are they're kind of like independent they're growing on their own through podcasting or doing their own stand-up tours and that's pretty cool. So now this, I don't know, I'm pretty sure the in, uh, Hollywood industry has always been fucked up or fucked up for a long time. I mean, I can't, I don't really know exactly, but there's plenty of like weird shit that's come out. I mean, Harvey Weinstein was basically, it was like basically publicly known in Hollywood. This guy was a creep. 
but he yeah. was not being brought down still like it was like that's how much like power this and influence this guy had in the industry until i guess until it, it was too much and i'm sure yeah. there's more of that i don't think there's less i think there's probably more of that and yeah. I'm sure they've also blackballed it didn't get better. people. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's yeah, like the FBI thing. Sudden... It's like the FBI thing. It's like, look what all the shitty things they used to do. It's better now. Yeah, what? yeah. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, it'll be like you know, 20 years later, and they finally admit, oh yeah, that thing you accused us of. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. That was really yeah, we bad. We're sorry. sorry. Those people sorry. are bad. They're not. They're not and... with us anymore. He's literally yeah. the director now. Uh, yeah. He doesn't think that way. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, and I think, but I think it's crazy that you know I I thought it was just crazy because you know I I like Cat Williams. I've always liked his comedy. I liked him when he's on movies and TV shows. I I thought he was hilarious. Um, but I I didn't really follow this stuff about like kind of the inside baseball of like his disputes with other comedians and stuff like that. And and I knew he was big. But when I saw, like, it was all over Twitter. It was all it over was TikTok. Everywhere. It was on YouTube, like, being pushed by YouTube. I mean, it had, like, 8 million views in, like, two days or something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. And so it's I didn't realize how respected Cat Million was in the industry. So he's, like, basically going on Shannon Sharp's show and, like, airing out everyone's dirty laundry. Yeah. It, was, it was a big deal. And, you know, I think, I think you'll probably find we'll probably see more of that in the yeah. coming days. I think you'll see more people. Cause I don't know. I, I mean, obviously they still make a bunch of movies. People make them up like it's, it's way, it's an old way of getting famous, you know, go to Hollywood, become an actor or whatever comedian. And I think there's still a route you can take with that. But I really think the industry is coming like more independent, like watching like YouTubers. Ahead, make, right? Yeah. Watching like YouTubers make like, you know, it's not like the best graphic films. movies, but they're right. making yeah. films. Yeah, they're making like, you know, C-rated films right now. And that's just the beginning, you know? Yeah, you know, there's always, you know, like, uh, I remember when I started seeing, uh, you and I, we love movies, right? Like, we fucking love movies. We watch as many movies as we fucking can. Uh, when we were uh, we were searching, we were on vacation, right? And I'm like, we're watch we're looking for a movie at the end of the night, my girlfriend and I, and I was like, oh, that's a good movie. I was like, oh, that's a good movie. Like on like the TV guide or whatever. We're just watching regular basic cable. She's like, what movie haven't you seen? I was like, there's a few. Like, I don't know. Like there's nice. there's movies where I was like never interested in, you know, but like we, we love film. I love film. I, I love the soundtrack that goes into film. I love, you know, the graphics and the acting. And I love it. I it, It's a story that's brought to life on the big screen or in your home and it's just it's it's a really creative and really interesting like piece of art to me you know i love it i love film tv's mm -hmm. same thing um and if it's done really well i respect it and i remember seeing uh you know it, it was always uh 20th century fox was like all the films growing up like all the films growing up had that 20th century fox or the lion one. I can't remember what the lion one is. Lionsgate, I think. Lionsgate. Yeah, Lionsgate. It was all of those. You know, they were before every movie that was like the production company or whatever. And then you start seeing like I remember when I first saw like Summit Entertainment or mm -hmm. um, A24 started to get big or, you know, they had like all these little ones that started getting bigger. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, A24 now that did just did that movie where like uh, Michelle and Barack Obama are like executive producers on. It's like everything everywhere or something like that. Or um, Uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, Like leave the world behind or something like that. Leave the world behind. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 Um, And, you know, like, like production wise, like we watched the movie. I didn't realize what it was before, um, but it's based off a book. And the book was written before, you know, the whole COVID-19 shit, but everybody, it got big during the whole COVID-19 shit. Uh-huh. Um, so everybody paralleled it to like being stuck in your home because there's like this fucking shit going on. And it's like uh fucking horrible ending, horrible ending, but phenomenal, yeah. like production wise movie. I, I really like, I liked the movie until the ending and the ending put a like shitty taste in my mouth. I fucking hated it. And I guess the book ends very similarly. Um, so fuck you, the writer of that. Like, I, I don't need to know. I don't need to know everything. I'm perfectly okay with movies and TV shows that don't have like this fairy tale ending where they wrap the bow up or they wrap the box up in a bow. Like I don't need that shit, but I just thought it was a horrible ending. It didn't make like that shit doesn't make sense to me, but regardless, like production value loved it. I thought it was a fucking phenomenally done movie and it sucks that people's names to do attached to it that I fucking can't stand. It makes me question why it was released you know what i mean like it yeah. just makes it makes the whole thing worse for me but i what i'm i kind of went on a tangent there but uh you know i think i haven't seen new names in a while like summit has gotten pretty big a24 has gotten pretty big there's a few other ones that have gotten pretty big obviously disney does their own thing pixar does their own thing they've been major players for a long long time um i'm waiting to see some new ones come out with, you know, new, new ways to do the art or new um, ideas, not on doing the art, but like new ideas on what the art that is acceptable now, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, I I think, I think you're right. I think we're coming to a head and I I don't think the legacy companies are, you know, necessarily doing it um yeah. the right way and that's because they've always done it this way and they've fucking left victims after victims in their wake you know yeah yeah i think yeah i think i don't know if maybe maybe gen c but maybe gen alpha the next one you'll start seeing kids just make movies on their fucking is that what they are on, uh, are yeah, they gen alpha after, after gen z is gen alpha i believe that's so gay so it starts over, I guess. It goes from Z to A. I don't really understand, oh. but whatever. How do we get 20 but, years into the new century and they're fucking Z and then Alpha? Uh, like, shouldn't it have just started at the beginning of the century, like Alpha and then bro? I don't really um, know. Whatever. Because, like, your parents were Gen X and, like, we're millennials, yeah. technically we're Gen Y. And then yeah. there's Gen Z. And then you'd think it'd be like Gen Alpha 1 or Alpha 2, but it's just Gen Alpha. I don't really understand. Weird. Whatever. I never understand the generational thing. Yeah, I don't know who decides that shit, but they fucking suck. (laughs) Corporate media. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But I don't know. I think you'll probably see people literally make movies like on their smartphone. And like, oh, yeah. like you probably could. I mean, like, what's it? What's that show or movie? Well, uh, the new, the new, the new was yeah. made with like a whole fucking camcorder, basically. That was really dope. Um, 
Or when they did, uh, what what was the first movie that did that? It was, um, was it the Blair Fuck. Witch Project? Blair Witch Project. Thank you. Yeah, they did. They did that, and it was fucking phenomenal. The first one's phenomenal. Um, the second one's not bad either. I liked it too, but it was kind of like it lost its like pizzazz, you know, like it didn't whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just it's just interesting. I I think. Uh, Oh, the new iPhone, the new iPhone, their whole, their whole new commercial is like, we shot the, or the Dua Lipa video. Have you seen that? There's an iPhone commercial and they're like, we shot this whole music video using an iPhone. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's pretty good. And I, you know, like they, they do things in post-production and still like, they're not just doing it on the iPhone. Oh, sure. Yeah. They shot it on an iPhone. Like they probably did shoot it on an iPhone. I think there's probably some laws against saying that you did something they did shoot it on an iphone (laughs) i'm sure i'm sure that same thing though like the the kids will have the ability to shoot something on an iphone and then edit do some sort of production on their own fucking computer on like their own computer to add graphics or whatever the fuck you have to do to a movie i'm not an expert but i'm sure they will be able to edit that stuff on a computer nowadays and it's gonna be cool like i think it's i mean i mean i'm I I mean I don't know I I'm not saying I think that uh like big movies will still maybe be a thing like you'll get some stuff for Hollywood I I don't think that'll might necessarily completely go away I'm not I think saying theaters that. are going down I think theaters are going down theaters seem to be going down like a lot of people I haven't rather... been I haven't been to a movie in a while and I really don't I have any urge to sit in a movie the only theater, even though I love the I went and saw. Oppenheimer in theaters yeah. and before that I didn't watch a movie in theaters since before COVID yeah. so like yeah. I've only watched I don't the think last, I've like, watched three movie. years or four years I don't think I've, I've watched, watched a movie, movie in theater since before COVID I think the last time I was in a movie theater was with you and Nick <laughs> yeah that's probably true yeah I saw yeah. Oppenheimer but that was it dude I've, I've four years I've been in the movie theater once basically and we used to go all the time all three of us we'd be like oh this is out let's go yeah, dude, we would go to like the midnight releases or the day releases, maybe the next day yeah. release. Like, we went and saw it at, dude, remember we saw that it? That was dope. Uh, yeah, we, in the fucking We got there car. late, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, well, we were, we were showed up late ish. I mean, the movie didn't start yet, but the only available seats was like three seats in the very front row. Very and front. we're watching <laughs> it. And, you know, it's kind of like a jump scare movie. Like, it just surprises you sometimes. So, but you're also like watching it as you're looking like straight up because you're fucking in the yeah. front row. <laughs> we got like kids next to us, dude, and something happens, and then like you just you hear me, you and Nick go like, "Oh shit!" You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the way back, we were like, "Damn, that was a really good movie," and we're fucking sitting there and we're driving, we're driving, yeah. and I think we were in your car. I think. Yeah, we were. And, we were. And then like we just didn't see this car that like came up on us, and then it roared its fucking engine right next to us and we're like fuck <laughs> i remember that. like it's it it's it he's in a fucking I, fucking hemi he's got a hemi engine and he's coming after us yeah i'm pretty sure it was like nighttime and like dark, his yeah. lights were off or something or yeah. dimmed or something it was so weird he's just like right at right out of the fucking like corner in my blind spot, you know, on my left side, I think, or maybe yeah. it was my right side. I'm not sure. And all of a sudden, we just hear this loud ass noise, but we don't see head- headlights anywhere. We're like, "What the fuck is that?" Dude? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fucking hilarious. 
Um, last piece of legacy media disruption I have is Pat fucking McAfee, the man, the myth, the legend. As you all know, Typo and I love fucking sports. And, uh, you know, Pat McAfee has been somebody that we've talked about plenty on this podcast, whether it's from having Aaron Rodgers on, what he's doing with his podcast and things like that. And uh, he had some choice words for an ESPN exec uh, recently, and he's been kind of making waves in the media area of ESPN. He's been on College Game Day, and I think he's not doing that role anymore after this season. Um, because of the backlash that traditional ESPN viewers um, watch it. They don't particularly like uh, Pat McAfee's antics. I love it. I thought it brought a very fresh new perspective to the sport. When he had Theo Vaughn on there, it was hilarious on college game day with Theo Vaughn and Pat McAfee. Um, But, uh, you know, some people like their fucking traditional college football, old white guy and a couple black players that used to play in the league. Uh, come on and give their fucking opinions on everything and they can't make it fun. Um, but I have this clip because we were talking about alternative media this whole episode. And I think yeah. Pat McAfee falls into that. And just for a quick little context, um, Aaron Rodgers is like a regular on Pat McAfee show. As far as I know, too, he actually gets paid by Pat McAfee to appear on his show weekly. I don't know how yeah, much it gave is him... exactly. I think but... they, they gave him. So originally, I think Pat McAfee... Pat McAfee wasn't like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers required them to pay him or he had to have some monetary value associated with it because of the way their contracts and show is done. So it was like something like a hundred thousand dollars or something like that to appear for the year. And then Pat McAfee came out and said that they paid him like a million dollars because Aaron Rodgers helped them so much and grow their audience. And he sure, like yeah. doubled down on it. And that was the whole thing with Jimmy Kimmel. He brought it up and went after Aaron Rodgers' tinfoil hat conspiracy thing again recently. And then Aaron Rodgers went back on it, uh, Pat McAfee's show and said, like, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's just worried that he's going to get uh, released in these Epstein yeah, island lists. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Kimmel freaked out on Twitter, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is kind of hated. There was a like the vaccine stuff, like he's critical of that. So he's kind of not liked by the sports established media, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So here's this clip from Pat McAfee. Somebody talk- tried to get ahead of our um, everything with ESPN, which is he's doing this on ESPN's show, which is the crazy part. So here we go. Anyways, we're very appreciative, and we understand that more people are watching the show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage. The fact that he names him is fucking wild on ESPN yeah. show. You got the ESPN logo right there in the bottom right corner. I know, dude. That's why it's like, holy shit, dude. He just called out his boss by name on ESPN. Yeah, and AJ Hawk's just dying right next to him. And that's the best part because AJ Hawk is a monster of a man. Like, just huge. <laughs> it's yeah, like his crazy. muscle. Sabotage <laughs> our program. I'm not hundred percent sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information and then somehow that information gets leaked and it's wrong and then it sets a narrative of what our show is and then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. But like somebody just called him a rat. 
I just want everybody. I know. He just called yeah. that guy a rat. <laughs> he tried awesome. to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt. And it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily love the old edition of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, mm -hmm. in the New York Post, right. in the New York Times, right. in the LA Times, right. in Wall Street Journal. Right. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always like little things to try to tear us down. So even with the enemy within our own camp, somebody that we don't, I don't like that guy. I, that guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018. So this guy has had zero respect for me. And in return, same thing back to him for a long time. So even with that taking place and potential PR, like there's, we're still growing somehow. Yep. So we're very thankful. Yeah. I think we're doing it right. We're trying to do it as right as possible. Mm -hmm. We have good intentions every single time we come in here. We don't always get it right, but motherfuckers been getting it wrong for a long time in this specific field. Long time. Every day, every single day. What do you mean? Like you said, you have the right intentions. Like we're trying to sit here and have fun and talk about sports. Bingo. And Connor and other stuff as well. Might pop. It's amazing. It's fucking amazing. You know, like it's just he nails it. Like that's, and I feel like that's how a lot of people feel. Like there's a lot of us right now that are just like, I'm not saying everything that I'm saying is right. That's not. That's not how I mean it, but it's honest. It's my honest take on things. I'm trying to mm -hmm. do right by the people that I'm speaking about and do right by how I view things and find the meld between those two things and give you my honest opinion because some people want to hear it. Like that's what he's doing. And it's in the sports world where there is another, like that's just another cabal in itself where it's been dominated by the same people for years and years and years. And they've all been, you know, fucking, not all of them have been garbage, but it's been a lot of garbage and a lot of clickbait and a lot of fucking this, that, or the other, and I'm the truth and you guys don't listen to me. And everything that they say is fucking bullshit. They, they say a lot of bullshit a lot of the time. And they're just making things. They can determine entire people's careers based on how they view them through their lens. And they're okay with it. And they get paid to do it because sometimes some players, it's like the whole Lamar Jackson shit this offseason. Everybody was shitting on Lamar Jackson saying he's not a great quarterback. There's no reason why the Ravens should pay him this money. He's representing himself. That was the big thing. He's representing himself. Him and his mom are representing themselves. There's no way they get this deal done. Lamar Jackson's going to a different team. Blah, 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 blah. A lot of people thought that – Pat McAfee talked about this. A lot of people thought that the Ravens were avidly – paying people to say these things. So Lamar Jackson would be discouraged. It's the same wow. thing the VA does to fucking veterans where it's like, they're just trying to make it hard for you. So you can't get your money. I'm going through that shit right now with the VA. And so like, they're just yeah. trying to make, they're trying to make it hard for you. And they do this in the sports world. They do this in national media, legacy media. ESPN is a legacy media company, no matter that it's sports it's an entertainment industry media source and pat mcfee's over here like we're players we're players i have players i have coaches on i try to discern the truth and 
people inside that own my show or not own his show because he actually like owns, they just sign a deal with it. He owns his show, um, which was very important to him. He's like people that, you know, have a part in us doing this show on ESPN are avidly trying to make us look bad and calls Mm -hmm. out the guy and then calls him a rat. Like that's fucking dope. That's fucking dope. That's dangerous for Pat McAfee to do when considering his show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, I mean, of course you get, you listeners know this by now, but there's like, you know, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, you know, they have an agenda to their news program. There's not, they're not exactly honest with you. They're reporting certain things to set a certain narrative and not reporting on other things because they don't want you to, to know about that narrative. And it's the same thing in the sports world where I think you made a good point. You know, I think the most important thing in the sports, the sports media can do is not really yeah they can set a narrative and get people thinking or talk about one thing or the other but i think the biggest thing is they can apply pressure to whatever they want to and like you said about lamar jackson i think that's a good example you know it's it's possible like i mean it's i'm not i'm not exactly sure i don't look into the sports media as much as like i look into other other news but i it, I, I just think it's fair with these companies. I mean, the comp- ESPN, I'm pretty sure, is ran by, like, Disney. I think Disney's, like, the parent company, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And so we know Disney's not exactly on our side yet. So, so they probably have their own agenda, and they push their own stuff, and they can change and kind of tweak things. It's probably It probably goes all the way down to, like, even the rough, rough refs, the officiating probably can. Yeah. Maybe – I don't think they can just straight up rig a game, but I think they can – do calls or challenges or certain things, put roadblocks, push a certain narrative a certain way to Absolutely. try to spin it in a direction they want it to go in. But I don't think they can just straight up rig a game. And yeah. I think like in this, I think watching like Pat McAfee, who, I mean, they, they brought him on. He was, he built himself up by himself. I mean, he was at Barstool for a little bit, but then he went independent and he was independent for a while, built himself, become a massive audience. And ESPN wanted they they wanted some they of wanted that. They wanted a uh, part of it. Yeah. And they wanted a part of it. And like I like Pat McAfee says in the video, he's like pretty sure that there's people within ESPN that were not happy that they brought him on, that they don't like the things that he talks about. And it's probably because he has, you know, what what people consider controversial as like Aaron Rodgers come on the show, or yeah. they talk about you know they don't they're not they don't they're not shy about talking about like certain subjects that are completely um like you're not allowed to talk about in certain sub like certain things like right political you know you hardly hear um if you ever hear a sports commentator on ESPN talk about politics which is rare don't really happen but when they do it's always from the regime's point of view it's yes, always absolutely it's always like you. I'm tired of these dopes not getting their vaccine or something, and then they go off about they get. I'm sick and tired of these people not wearing their mat. You know, they go off about their tan. It doesn't happen all the time. Most of the time, it's all about sports, not really politics involved. But when something does happen, it's always the regime's point of view, and that's the same thing with like Pat McAfee show. It's mainly sports conversation. You know, that's all it really is is mainly just sports. But when there is politics that come into it you find that a lot of the stuff that Pat will say might be like only halfway with the regime's narrative or completely against the regime's narrative. Right. And I think that 
that's why they hate him. And that's like the same reason why they hate Tucker Carlson, the same reason why they, you know, they hate any independent person that like Joe Rogan, you know, anyone that doesn't go along with the regime, if it in the sports world and Hollywood world and politics world, you don't go along with these cabals, then they're going to make you a target or they're going to restrain you or not promote you, not push you, and even maybe like blackball and try to push you out of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And the big reason after you told me about it, because I didn't know about this, the big reason after you told me about it that I wanted to bring it up is that it's permeating through every part of media. This idea of like the alternative media or the the uh, just non-legacy like type stuff, it's permeating through everything. It is. And that's because people are looking for a more honest opinion. They're realizing that at this point in time, there's a lot of people that are just saying bullshit to say bullshit because that's what they're supposed to say. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are done. I think a lot of people are done with it. They don't want to hear it anymore. They're tired of hearing it. And they're looking for a f- fresh perspective or at least people that they can at least they're looking for people that they think are at least telling their own truth. And I hate that. Like, Oh, this is my true shit. But like just in an opinions based thing, they're like, they want honest opinions, not one that was written out for somebody and is up on a fucking letterhead that they're reading from the background. You know, they're not, they're not reading from a script. They're yeah. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care if someone's wrong. They just don't want you to lie to them. You know, like if you're wrong about something, but you honestly believe it, like you're just like, you know, I, I just wrong, whatever. You're just and you wrong. can sit there and say like, oh shit, I was wrong about that. My bad. Yeah. But if you're literally telling a lie and, and you're doing that intentionally. double down on the lie. Yeah. Especially when more information comes that proves the opposite. And you just push and double down and continue the narrative and over and over and over again. And people pick up on these tactics and people pick up on these. Um, and, you know, I think because and everything's on video now, <laughs> you can't yeah, fucking move away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also think there's kind of like this aspect of like, you know, I think, yeah, there's still some maybe talented people that want to go work at ESPN. But I think a lot of like the super talented people, the people that recognize that they they can be a sports commentator, recognize that they can potentially make more money, have more freedom by creating their own show and moving on to their own program. Yeah. So why it's would like, they uh... need or want to go to ESPN when they can just, you know, kind of do what Pat McAfee did? Now, I know he had a lot of yeah. fame coming out of the nfl so there's like yeah. he had he had some fans but up. he was an nfl punter so it's not like he was like yeah you know, it wasn't yeah he was yeah he was like uh a well-known punter because of his like trick plays he did and like yeah. how he'd had fun but it wasn't like i didn't really know him i didn't pay i didn't really know him. that Mm-mm. i mean i i i couldn't have told you who adam vinatieri's uh holder was yeah. his entire career I, like i couldn't I have to... told you that I couldn't have told you if if you asked me when Pat McAfee was the punter of the Indianapolis Coats, who's the punter of the Indianapolis Coats, I would have never. I'd be like, ah, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, no <laughs> idea. And and you know, I, this is like uh, Ariel Helwani for the MMA community. Like he's he was part of the oh, UFC yeah. community. 
And, you know, he commentated for, or not commentated for UFC, but he was a journalist for UFC. And I'm pretty sure he worked for ESPN for a while. And then he was like, I'm done. And now he does his own show where he has fighters on every, like almost every show. He does the MMA hour and fucking has fucking everybody come on and he gets, but he doesn't have to be strictly UFC anymore. He can do all, he can do Bellator. He can do all of them. He can do, um, uh, what's the bare knuckle. He can, he has platinum yeah. Mike Perry on there all the time. He has, yeah. you know, he can talk to anybody and he does his own show and it's a very successful show because he has a fresh take on things. And it's an interesting show. People that don't necessarily listen to the legacy media, they're tired of hearing Dana White go out there and give his press conferences. They get to hear a different take, and that's okay, and that's how it should be. And we need more of that. And they're all also an op, <laughs> and you're fucked. <laughs> Pat McAfee is actually an op, so don't listen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just there to make Aaron Rodgers sound crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The, the last thing I wanted to end on uh, before we get out of here, and we can do it quick, but did you see the, uh, uh, I can't, I don't know, I can never remember his first name, but Vivek's clip uh, with the two ladies from like MSNBC or something like that? Where, I think so, where, I think he's outside talking, is that the video? Uh, I don't know if they're outside, but oh. they are, it's like two MSNBC, uh, what's his first name? Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, that's his first name. Oh, Ramaswamy yeah. is his last name. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's some Indian dude. dude. It would be pretty weird if we because the prime minister of Indian England president dude is in England <laughs> or an Indian dude, and it'd be weird if we had an Indian dude. And it was like, dude, did we just get taken over? Did we just They're get taken us over? <laughs> no, so he's not inside. I saw the one that you're talking about, uh, where he reacts to the release of Jeffrey Epstein at a town hall or whatever. Yes. Um, I'll show you. I'll I'll kind of skip through this one quickly, so we can uh, get out of here. But it's really I've good. Seen You'll a few. It's clips like a five him, minute. So. Yeah, it's like a oh. five minute clip. Um, a five and a half minute clip. So I'll just skip through some parts of it. But, the thing about Vivek is like, he's God damn it. Like I, I'm not like, I don't want to like him, but he says the right things a lot. He says yeah, the right things good. a lot. And this interview was phenomenal. Like he did so good in this interview. So I'm going to show you a uh, part of it real quick. Let's talk about what uh, white supremacy and what happened last night for a moment. Cause when you were talking to reporters last night, you called white supremacy a myth. When someone asked you about, Dylan Roof. You said you didn't know who that is. Have you looked up what happened in 2015? Yeah, yeah look, I, I, I've said I've, I said this last night. Invidious racial discrimination is wrong no matter how it happens. But if a Washington Post reporter is asking me almost like a catechism, whatever question I said, I'm against invidious racial discrimination, whatever form it takes, but says, do you denounce white supremacy? It's incumbent on us for us to define what white supremacy is. I wrote my book, Woke Inc., and I've written about the detailed understanding of what the popular understanding of these terms have come to mean. Do you believe punctuality is a vestige of white supremacy, Dasha? Look, because if you, you don't, then you have a disagreement about many of the people who are defining those terms, or the written word, or the use, or the nuclear family. This is 
I, these aren't my words. These are the words of intellectual proponents from Ibram Kendi to the Ayanna Presleys to BLM that have said these are vestiges Look, of white supremacy. So Mr. we Ramos can't Lobby, have it both ways. Though, we have to have an choose, honest you discussion. You straw man arguments I'm not, last this is not a straw man. You brought, you brought up Jussie Smollett as the, the best Jussie example Smollett of white supremacy. was the supremacy. hottest thing in news in the back of a fake yes. actual attack on him that we have to contend with. And, this is and, actually, yet, and yet you have examples the like the Buffalo shooter data. in New York just in 2022. You have other examples. But you are also cherry picking when you bring up Jussie so I'll look, I'll look at all of the statistics. More black Absolutely. on black crime. If you really care about actual crime against black. I love that he started to use the uh, the Trump, the the fingers. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if you yeah. noticed that. He used the Trump fingers a lot. Yeah, why do they America, do that? I don't know. I, I, well, there's uh, in public speaking, using your hands is uh, is big. Like they tell you <clears> you <throat> should talk through your things with your hands because it uh not only engages the um the audience it also uh like uh makes it seem like you know what you're talking about more because you you're kind of moving it with like your words you know so that's yeah, it's one of the reasons why I, they use their hands so much i know what's his name uh russell brand he really talks with his hands i don't know if you ever watched his videos but yeah, he's really talking yeah. But I heard him say that he likes to do that so no one can like edit or clip his videos and that put too. them together. So then yeah. like they can make it look like he's saying something he didn't. That's more of a now thing. Um, that's more of a, you know, a, well, pretty a soon, clip dude, news. Just thing. some AI is going to generate a fucking conversation you had with someone about you wanting to like, you know, whatever, kill yeah. somebody. Or we got to we got to make sure AI can never get hands right, because if they get hands yeah. right, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Root causes of it in the inner cities of this Look, country. The anti-defamation league tracked a 38 percent increase in white supremacist propaganda last who's, who's year. Who's tracking that? The anti-defamation league. Yeah, the ADL, I don't think is a particularly credible source. So when who they are we supposed to look to when we're talking about I would suggest that's a great question, you know. Know, who are we supposed to look to and he answers it right here but it's like that's the thing that we've all been saying like you guys want to just run out these same sources constantly and constantly about mm -hmm. who these people are and this is who the you know the leading expertise on this and a lot of these people have been wrong over and over and over again so i'm sorry i'm not listening to them anymore I'm trying to find multiple people to pull my information from and try to discern some truth from all those things all at the same time. Yeah, that's probably, that's what's best, dude. Because, I mean, these institutions have just discredited themselves so much over the years that it's becoming Absolutely. more and more obvious that we can't listen to them. Yeah. I would suggest, look at the, there's a table, two by two table, a federal law enforcement data, which you could say what you do, maybe, maybe we shouldn't believe that either. But okay. look at black the on FBI, Asian crime, black on black crimes, crime. The FBI hate crime, crime statistics. That's a, a law enforcement agency. 59.1% uh, was based on race, ethnicity, I look at absolute and violence. ancestry, saying hate crimes rose 12% between violence, 2020 doctor. and 2021. Look at the absolute crimes themselves. What they classify as a hate crime is itself a political judgment. I think that when you actually care about protecting life, if you want to say black lives matter, let's look at where black lives are actually being lost. It's in the cities at the heart of other look, black Americans and criminals. And this, and that's that are absolutely by the issue that we talk about as well. Police, but are we, we supposed to ignore white supremacist hate crimes? We're not supposed to ignore any kind of crime, Dasha. That's what I say. But what I see is a selective reporting. Take the Nashville Transgender Shooter Manifesto. Every shooter manifesto in a mass shooting has been released within 48 hours, except for that one shooter in Nashville. 
Now it ended up being leaked. What do you see? It wasn't. A, it wasn't a white supremacist. It was somebody that was actually making fun of using derogatory terms. I okay, believe. Okay, so why are you okay talking that about that manifesto rest, and not talking about the manifesto okay. from okay the 2015? I'm more than okay shooting. talking about both. But what I'm asking is, why is the mainstream media suppressed that one? Why did the police suppress that one? Why was that the one shooter manifesto that, of all of the mass shootings, every other shooter manifesto has been released? I'm focused on that one because that's the one that's been hit. That was the big part that I wanted to bring up was was that part right there where he's like, it's not that I'm focusing on this one because it's not a white supremacist. I'm focusing on it because you all tried to hide it from us. Like, yeah. that's the point. And they don't have they don't have anything to say about that. And even when you talk to people like just everyday people in your life or something like that, that are more on like, you know, white supremacist mass shootings are a big deal in their fucking lives. And I'm not saying that it's, it's not a big deal. Like obviously loss of life like that is incredibly sad and it's senseless and it should never happen. But what I'm saying is like, I got to look at the big, we have to look at the big picture. We have to take a step back every once in a while and be like, all right, yes, that's a problem. It's a problem that that's happening. But you're telling me that it's only white supremacists all the time. And then when there's one that's not, you suppress and do everything the opposite that you do with a white supremacist. So why? Why? Did, and I'm going to focus on that one because you guys are obviously suppressing it for a reason. And that's the problem. And they have no actual answer to that. They just bring up, well, you don't care about the white supremacist mass shootings. You only care about when it, a trans person does it or a person that's part of the LGBTQ plus or when a black person does it. Or And it's like, no, I don't. I think they're all bad. I think they're all bad. You're not catching me on this point that I think, oh, the white mass shooters, they have a reason. Like, that, I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I'm saying yeah, is I... this has been suppressed from us. Why? Why has it been suppressed from us? This is the more important one and not important because, you know, the loss of life was this, that, or the other. It's not, I'm not saying it based off that. I'm saying it because you guys have done something very specifically to not allow this to come out. And you've done it differently than every other one. Yeah, when you like recognize how their their agenda works or what they're what they're trying right. to push and what they don't push. I think anyone that recognizes that it becomes very obvious that um very obvious that like it's almost like it's worse now. Like before when you didn't like pick up on their agenda, you're like, "Oh wow, there's this, you know, white supremacy coming through America." But then you start learning like, "Oh, they're not reporting on these attacks because they were done by a certain race or these these incidents or these crimes because of whatever race, religion, whatever." And once you pick up on, once you start to pick up on like how the media lies to you, anytime they start to talk about one thing, but not talk about the other, it's like, it almost makes you more frustrated with them and hate them more. Yeah. And I think there's also once, I think more and more people are starting to figure that out. And I also think that almost breeds racism too. Like yeah. it, it's like, it's it like, does. like, it's like they say like, we, you know, the idea is that they don't want to come off as racist because they don't want to, you know, literally report the truth. they, they don't want to report, you know, that a, a black man killed so-and-so. Like, they don't like to report stuff like that, you know. But they'll have no problem reporting, like, if a white guy does it or whatever. But the problem is, and, like, they say it's because they don't want to come off as racist. But the problem is when people start to recognize what you're doing, this builds resentment amongst communities. This builds resentment. And people, it's like now 
white people are feeling like they're not protected and they're actually actively being targeted by media and, and these these institutions and stuff where now they watch like people of color or people that are gay or whatever get they get protection and this causes resentments in the in the right. class because we're not all equal under the law you know yeah it it breeds racism and at the very minimum if it doesn't breed racism it breeds like the lowest form of division between ideals you know what i mean like it's it's one of the like at the very minimum that's what it does um or like it doesn't like it it's just <clears throat> i don't know what's up with vivek i don't know if i fucking <laughs> I, he just says the right things in these interviews he's gotten more he's he's done more than a lot yeah. of fucking people i fuck he says better things than fucking trump god damn way like better. he way better he, he, he fucking goes in uh yeah he his last debate, I don't remember which one, it, maybe it was the Iowa. I don't remember when it was, but um, I mean, he brought in like the replacement theory about immigration into into the like zeitgeist. He talked about a couple other things that you know, Jan he basically was saying January six was an inside job, like yeah, you know, all these things he brought he brought into the zeitgeist, and you know, it's kind of this is one of the things like we were talking about at the beginning. You know, it's like I like a lot of the things he says. Maybe that makes I'm biased to him. I, I like I like it seems like anytime he has a question, especially when he confronts corporate media, he has a lot of like great things that he says. But you know, why I don't know. Being, why is he there? Yeah, he, he came out of nowhere. It's this fucking kind of like Indian guy. Don't know really know who he is. I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he's a Fed or a plant, but it does just seem a little weird. And you know, I don't really I don't know. It seems random. Yeah, it seems too random to be a coincidence, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe he saw the Trump movement and thought he could take advantage, and like saw what Trump did. You know, you know, it, you know, Trump really was that. Like, he took advantage of I'm that political outsider. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like these people. I'm different. And I think Vivek saw that, took advantage of it as well. And you know, I don't know what he'll do. I don't think he'll be president anytime soon. But I don't know what he'll do in the future. But I think if he wants one in politics, he could definitely have one. Could you imagine that fucking uh, like it, it? It'd just be crazy. Like an Indian conservative president of the United States. Like that's that's why. Yeah. Like you know, you're, like not not because he's Indian or it's all of those things together as one. Like that's like a yeah. It's well, everything it's really... opposite of what has been pushed. You know. Yeah, there was like a meme a couple months back because it was uh, a debate and then like Nikki Haley and uh, Vivek were arguing and the meme was like the state of the conservative party is two Indians fighting over how much money to send to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, that's pretty weird, dude. I don't really, it's just strange. It's just strange. It's not like, you know, I, was, I don't really have anything against Vivek, but it's just weird that like, uh, you know, I don't know where he came from. I don't know. And I know he was like, he he worked in like medical tech or something like that. And had yeah, medical tech, I think. And then wrote a book, like he talked about in that interview the there, Woke like Inc. Woke Inc. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, basically, I, I, I mean, I could he's be the wrong front runner this. right now, in my opinion. If you take away Trump, he's definitely like I would say probably the front runner for the Republicans. I mean, I don't know how at the least Republican Party thinks. Yeah, but at least base, on ideas, he's the best. Yeah, I see. I see the base as liking Vivek. Like, and I, this really sets up Vivek for something because if for whatever reason 
if Donald Trump can't be run for president this election cycle for whatever reason, I don't know why health issues, um, maybe they arrest him or indict him and really go after him. Like maybe they cut a deal with him because they, he doesn't want his family to be targeted by the justice system. I don't know. But for whatever reason, if Trump drops out, someone's got to be there to take up the mantle. And I don't see it being Ron DeSantis. I don't see no. it being Nikki Haley. There's only one no. person that that has like that that Trump like, and he was never really critical of Trump. Um, he he didn't attack Trump. He defended Trump a lot of the times, and I think that's yeah. what really won over the Trump base for Vivek. Right. And I think if Trump were to go down for whatever reason, I think Vivek has a really good shot of being the one to replace him on the ticket. And yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how that will go, but. I think he's really set himself up to be like the backup, like the the second string in case the starter. Yeah, goes down, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. It is wild, and you know, it it just goes. He's battling battling legacy media with alternative media reporting. Like that's what he does. Like, and so I think it's interesting. I think he's somebody to watch for definitely when, it, especially as we get closer to the election time. And it's just interesting to hear that perspective in a presidential candidate because no one else mm -hmm. is saying shit like that or when they they tried to corner him on dylan roof and he's like i don't know who that is and he, he was like part of the charleston um church shooting whatever oh, he's like a okay. big white supremacist guy sure. uh, like young kid big white supremacist and you know it's just like it's just interesting it's like bro i can't learn all i can't learn all these people's names like i'm not i'm not looking for your hot pocket ideas on who i need to talk 2015 about 2015 you know? is like 10 years ago dude i know dude <laughs> like barack obama was president when that happened you know yeah <laughs> like that's crazy yeah so yeah and so like that's the crazy thing is like oh white supremacy was bad because the president was black and it was like it got big because the president was black and everybody's a white supremacist and then it's like Trump gets elected and then it's like white supremacy is bad because our president's fucking white <laughs> and big <laughs> night now because our president's white. And it's like, yeah. bro, like you just can't win. You can't win. And that's what they've, that's what the legacy media has proven is like, no matter what your argument is, you can't win because we can appeal to a moral superiority. That's not there. And an empathetic response to whatever you're saying is we're more empathetic than you are. Because we actually care about the victims and we're not questioning their victimhood. We're uh we're holding their victimhood as um law and God, you know, like that's like they're religiously holding victimhood hostage to yeah. make it seem like you can't question it. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. It's the same thing yeah. as religions do all over the world where they're like, you can't question God because you know, it's God. And if you question God, you're not a believer, you're a heretic, you must yeah, like not yeah, be a yeah. part of it. These people see themselves as gods, you know. Yeah. They see them. I mean, literally chosen. Like, I remember, yeah, like Dr. Fauci said something like this. I mean, I mean, he's pretty much said, like, I am the science. I, I am mean, the science, yeah. That is I think a, that was like, his direct yeah. quote. Yeah, and that was like an authoritative state of like I basically am God. Like I decide what science is. I'm the de I decide this, and it's just like Jesus Christ, dude. These people, 
actually believe that about themselves like they have that complex that god complex that you can't question me and you know we're the experts type thing and that's that's what our country is ran by just a bunch of fucking overeducated experts that actually are corrupt retarded and gay so <laughs> exactly um but yeah i don't know 2024 man you ready for it you ready for it i, I think so dude i'm excited i get excited and nervous because I know it's probably going to be shitty and like affect me like actually on a personal level, but political stuff like this is exciting, dude. Watching shit go get down and you're like, oh, we're living through a moment in history right now. It's kind of crazy. Can't wait for the debates. Can't wait for the debates. I, yeah, I don't even. It's so crazy that like I don't even know if Biden or Trump will be actually running in the election. You know? Yeah. Like I. It's yeah, so, we don't know. It's like, I assume that's who it's going to be, but like, shit, I don't know. Shit can change. They could replace Joe. They could replace Trump. I don't know. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen, dude. It's going to be a wild one. It's a content year. It's it. a content year. It's a content it's a, year. It's definitely a content year. It's kind of funny, too. Uh, if you do look at our podcast during election years, they always spike up. Political yeah, podcasts always, always spike up. up during fucking... Uh, election years dude everyone's tuning some people are tuning back in about like oh shit what's going on now it's getting crazy yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> i saw some clips i need to see what the boys are saying about it so you know get all your get all your hot takes because you know we like to keep it fun on here it's a comedy podcast that talks about politics and culture and blah 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 so uh you know we'll, we'll be here for it we'll be here for it because yeah. it's fun it's fun Don't and it's funny every Tune in every week for me to tell you there's going to be a civil war. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're we can't wait for it. I don't know. You have your own house now. Like I might just, if shit goes down and we got to get out of AZ, I might just come hang out at your small ass town with you in your house. Uh, yeah, you can come here, dude. I got a little land. We can maybe make a garden or something. Um, <laughs> it's pretty quiet. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of older people. So um I, not much like threat wise so nice not very nice not a lot of people either do plenty of even better we can, we can, yeah well uh well i'll learn we have protein and then i'll turn teach you how to hunt <laughs> <laughs> i want we need to get a bow i need a bow that's i think that's gonna be bow my hunting. first yeah i want to i want a bow and a hunting rifle so i need a lot those of two the things. A lot of hunters around here, there's like, you know, hunting with like a rifle or like a shotgun, but then like people, like if you bow hunt, you're fucking cool. Like that's yeah. the levels. That's the yeah, levels. You got to get a lot closer. Got to get a lot closer. Yeah, it's a lot closer. And if you miss, yeah, you don't really have much time to reload and fire again. Yeah. <laughs> you usually can't take it off. Quick. Yeah. yeah usually take it off yeah. by that point. Perfect. Well, that's the shit show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Typo, any last words? It's going to be a wild year. I'm excited for it. And tune in next Tune in next time, and we'll, we'll, we'll update you on this wild, wild, wild world. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. We out.